The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Cornwall Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corner Booth Podcast. It is our second episode of the new season. Actually, I believe it's our first episode, actually. So, season premiere of our actual Monday episodes. We are actually live on YouTube today because... We said, "Fuck it, I'm on. Va- I'm out. I'm out of state. We're we're recording. I'm outdoors. It's a good time." So that being said, we got a good get- group of guys today. The boys are all back. Part one of our NFL preview kicks off tonight. Intern Chris got us rock and roll. Some great topics. He'll drop by later. Also, if anybody looking for Frank Michael Smith, he will be here in two weeks. My man had a scheduling issue, and this is on me and him for not communicating. We're both 28 years old. And we still can't figure out Google Calendar. So that's on both of us. Don't worry about it. Frank will be back. Don't worry. But joining us is the Italian style, the TikTok sensation, the Jets fan, and the just, um, you know, he's just happy it's football season because his Yankees have been killing him this year. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Ordazzo. Yeah, when you're, uh, when you're a Yankees fan, you're five or six games under 500, and you're not used to that for the majority of your entirety of your life. It's, it's, a, it's not a good feeling, but that's just me being a spoiled baseball fan. However, football is here, and according to Aaron Rodgers, and I quote, I think we're ready. So let's get it going. Season 10. There you go. Season 10 are officially live. And of course, joining us for his second, his third season with the crew and his first full, full, first full football season with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Mason Rutch. Happy He's all to be here, guys. He knew we were going live, so he called Spiffy. <laughs> hey, Thursday, a- I will pull back up in this same fit. Thursday, I'm rocking. It, it'll be it'll be the vacation show. So I well, technically, I'm already here, but it's cold as shit out tonight because it's overcast and it's like like 20 degree winds. So I'm like wearing a long sleeve shirt. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, no Thursday, I'll be rocking a Hawaiian shirt because that is his tradition. You don't fuck with tradition. So that being said, also we've got intern Chris hiding the background, making sure we're on our facts straight. So today is going to be a simple thing, folks. We break down our NFL preview into three things. We do first how we got here. So that is the first step of it. How we got here. We rank the NFL offseason. We see who did the best, who did the worst. The preseason official is officially over now as well. And we kind of just go into who looks the best, who looks the worst, big storylines, losers, winners, players, teams, whatever. This shows a little more ad lib. Thursday's where it gets fun. We're doing a collaboration with the boys at High Low Sports on Thursday. And that'll be fun because not only are we talking record predictions, over-unders, which we did already, we're talking who's winning divisions, who's winning playoffs, it's awards. And then finally, on Tuesday, the on Labor Day weekend, we not only are doing our first six-pack review. By the way, our first six-pack is on Thursday. So, boys, the six-pack is back. Matt's got to defend his crown. And then Mason making his debut, and so is intern Chris. So, all that being said, the next three next three shows are gonna be fucking awesome. 
I cannot promise every Monday show is going to be live. I do like doing them live. One, because automatically up so uploads them to YouTube. Two, it is it easier for me to edit post-show. That being said, let's get it started. A lot of weird headlines. We'll, we'll kind of ease our way into the football coverage because we'll start with uh, Trey Lance. Fellas, he's a Dallas Cowboy. And and we'll, we'll talk about the NFC East in a little bit, obviously, but Dak Prescott, nobody's had a rougher 12 months than him as a, at least in the NFC East for quarterbacks, right? Because, I mean, besides Carson Wentz, but like that doesn't really count because he kind of was, it was kind of a male and he was going to have a rough time. But that kind of got given the shaft a little bit right now because now you're bringing in a quarterback who has all this raw potential. You trade a fourth-round pick for him. And I could be overreading this, and he could just be just, uh, just another backup. Or Jerry Jones, being Jerry, is trying to see if he can develop this kid in a year with his system and then throw him out next year when they let that go. Fellas, what do you think of my theory? I mean, that makes the most sense. I'm still confused by it because they were they were just talking about they're working on an extension with Dak. And they're saying that this isn't going to affect their extension talks with Dak. So if you do extend him for another however long period of time, then Trey Lance is just going to be a glorified backup for the next eight fucking years of his career. Kind of like mm-hmm. how Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be that way if they never got rid of him. Except yeah. they sent him to a team where they can use him, where the Niners sent him to a team where he's going to sit. Now, my confusion is also I think Cooper Rush is a very serviceable backup quarterback, so I, I felt like they had that for them. So I, he's not coming to be the backup because Cooper Rush showed that he can win games last year, and they're talking about extending Dak. So I guess this is a developmental thing for him. Maybe Dak gets hurt, he steps in a little bit. But, I mean, your theory makes sense. Maybe something goes down with Dak this season, gets hurt. And they they throw him out there. They see what they do. Maybe they give him another year or two on the team. But I'm I'm a little puzzled by this uh, move. It doesn't make too too much sense to me. It, Mace, what do you think about uh, Trey Lance coming to your state of Texas? Yeah, I I just think that this is another kind of Jerry Jones gamble um, that is not going to pan out well. We saw this with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, taking him fourth overall in that draft. What was that? Was that 2016? Okay, yeah. 16 or 17, one of the two. I couldn't remember. But, yeah, just just banking on the – and I will say, look, they didn't give up much for him, so the risk is pretty low. A fourth-round draft pick, you know, Trey Lance is a former first-rounder. He's incredibly raw. And I think part of the Niners being open to moving off of him has to do with the fact that they are in a Super Bowl winning window or at least contending window. I know we can all agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, The rest of the roster, I think we would all agree, is capable of winning a Super Bowl. But the quarterback position is very much up in the air for them. And so, hey, you get a fourth rounder for a guy that you feel like is not going to be ready anytime soon, at least not on the same page as the rest of this squad, right? Um by the time that Trey Lance is developed. So, you know, for the Niners, it's a good move. You get a fourth round pick for, you know, a guy who's probably not going to end up playing for you uh, anytime soon. And if you're Dallas, you have another option after Dak Prescott is out of town and uh, down the road. And so you give yourself something to kind of look forward to in the future. 
um, something for fans to kind of pay attention to. And if all else goes to shit, you know, you do have Trey Lance. We know he's capable. We know he's really raw, but hey, um, we know he's a dual threat. He can run. He's got an arm on him. And so if, you know, they can develop him in the right way, there's no reason to believe that he can't excel. So it's interesting. Uh, I don't know what to make of it quite yet, but I don't really think it has any sort of relevancy now or like in the next year. I think it only will become relevant if Dak starts chucking picks again. I think that's when it becomes relevant. If Dak starts struggling, this becomes relevant. It's that old saying, don't go looking for trouble. No trouble will come looking for you. Dak starts chucking picks. Now we have trouble for Dak. And so, yeah, like you said, Cooper Rush, or I think Matt's the Cooper Rush. One of, you, one of you said it, right? But here's the here's the biggest kicker about this is that when you really look at the whole Cowboys thing, I won't say it was Cowboys year, Cowboys year. I'm like, nothing has changed. They just shape shifted backup running backs, basically. You added Gilly Lock, but here here's the problem. He's old. He ain't P Pat. Pat Peterson is a genetic freak. I want to see Gilmore run stride for stride with Devontae or Terry McLaurin or A.J. Brown or even freaking fuck, just Jalen Hyatt, like who's a fucking Olympic sprinter. So that's just the East. So my biggest concern now is, okay, what's gotten better? And this just adds more fuel to the fire of chaos. So I don't know. Cowboys found a way to cowboy before the season even started. So, all right. Well, uh, no, more better news is uh, Josh Jacobs finally signed a one-year deal, uh, $12 million. Um, following similar to Saquon, got a, a one uh, one mil bump over him. I mean, I would have loved for Josh to get a better, uh, maybe a more length on deal because he was their offense last year. But this is kind of par for the course with not paying the running backs. And I think the best could have done at the point, but Vegas has their offense, fellas. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, it's tough for these running backs because now it seems like everybody like you have Saquon, you have um, Josh Jacobs, you have Dalvin Cook, you have Ezekiel Elliott, you have all these guys that are playing on one-year prove-it deals when they're all established running backs in the league, um, playing on one-year deals, and it's just a high risk you know, high reward for them, but it's, it's low risk for that team because like Josh Jacobs sends a one year, $12 million deal. Let's say he, you know, don't want to speak anything into existence. He gets hurt within the first handful of weeks of the season. The Raiders are like, all right, well, that's why we gave him a one year deal and they move on from him. Then Zier white comes in and then they draft or sign somebody else next year. So it's a, uh, it's interesting how, you know, I was listening to WFAN not too long ago and Tiki Barber mentioned something about the height of his career at the giants. He was making excess amount of money a year. And he pulled up the most recent NFL contract for running back, and there was it was very similar to what he was making, you know, maybe his career high earning of like ten plus years ago. So the market has not increased like it has for a quarterback who was probably or making twenty million dollars. Yeah. So I feel for these running backs only playing on these one year deals, but it, it's tough because like Saquon, Josh Jacobs, anybody goes down, and that team's going to be quick to just move on from them, and they'll probably never see a multi-year millions of dollar contract like that again and so to saquon and josh jacobs credit their roster would never be their offense would never be the same 
here's to say, like in Philadelphia, they were able to replace Miles Sanders with two different running backs, right? JT up in Indy, they're not replacing him. They're not replacing him. Uh, Jacobs out in Oakland or Las Vegas. They're not replacing Saquon in New York. Let's be honest. You're going to tell me Matt Breida and Wayne Gallman are going to do that? No. So, that being said, there needs to be a balance. Obviously, we won't do in the running back debate again because that was just getting ridiculous. But this is good for the Raiders because now they actually have something, at least a bell cow to kind of get this offense rolling because Jimmy G needs at least one decent running back to not be terrible. So, there you go. I, I, that's the only way I really can look at it. I, I think that when you go through the whole shtick of everything, but all right, we got a little MLB news quick, and then we're going to jump right in NFL. Y'all ready for this? Let's do oh, it. Yeah. All right. Otani. <sighs> Shohei Otani is, is obviously old news. At this point it came out like Thursday or like Thursday or Friday after we finished up. Otani's going to is his UCL shot. So he's going to hit, but no more pitching for us the year. The Mets reportedly likely trade Pete, likely to trade Pete Alonso this offseason because if they haven't burned enough, they're going to burn more. And last but not least, the Rays-Yankees rivalry has been reborn. Matt, I know you have more on that. You take the lead. Uh, it's just like at the worst time because it's just one of those teams is in any sort of you know contention of doing anything relevant this year but it's uh i don't know the yankees they had um one of their relief pitchers on the mound i think it was abreu uh threw a pitch inside at a rosarina and it wasn't meant to hit him you could tell by the pitch it was an inside pitch that just curved right into him um benches cleared um you know they it was calmed down then it was just reborn he he got the third base or something like that and he was drawing off to the pitcher and the benches cleared a second time so now there's now there's heat and the rivalry is, seems to be kind of re, you know rebirthing back in this season, um, and then you've got uh, Brandon Lau coming out pretty much speaking the truth, but you know at the same time I'll have a rebuttal to it, but pretty much saying we're a team in contention where every game matters to us. You know the Yankees are a team that are out; these games don't matter to them. The season's just going by; they're just they're just waiting until the, you know September pretty much comes up. So he's pretty much saying like they're not worth our time, pretty much. Which is true. I mean, the Yankees are not going anywhere. However, I, I, what, what is what have the Rays done since they've been a franchise as well? They they have the lowest payroll every year. They get to the playoffs. They they you know they can win the division. They can win the wild card. They can get into the playoffs, but they don't do anything. They went to the World Series in 2020 during the fucking COVID bowl, and they lost to the Dodgers. So I it, I understand what he's saying, but the Rays don't really have a leg to stand on if you want to talk about you know what what this you know this franchises have done in their past. But rebirthing the rivalry, I assume the next time we play them, I am going to uh, expect a heated game. But like every team so far, they've been getting the best of us. Very true. All right, y'all ready for this? I'm I'm not gonna play the music. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't have that teed up. NFL preview part one, how we got here. So this is simple, folks. We're going to talk about who are the winners, the losers, who improved the best, who's going to fall off. We'll, we'll start rolling through it quick. So, fellas, who had the best offseason? I'll start with that one. We'll start with the big cheese. Who had the best offseason from, like, March 1st through today, August 28th? Who has had the best offseason, in your opinion? I mean, I'm. Uh, we're talking, like, 
a free agency draft. Everything. Signings. If you want to, I know who you're going to say, Matt. So if you want me to go first, I can, I can go ahead. Is that chill? Yeah, you go first. So I think this is pretty underrated. I don't know how many people are going to share this with, share the same kind of idea with me, but I think the Seattle Seahawks, they had by far the best draft to me. Um, they added a premier receiver to an already excellent group. And then they added Witherspoon to a great secondary that is already loaded. Um, I guess they did not address the the main issue that was the biggest problem for them on defense, their D-line, um, which will probably continue to kill them next year. But look, they upgraded in several positions. They drafted well. Um, this, this season is really going to come down to whether or not Geno Smith can elevate his game and replicate what he did last season. But look, I think in terms of the future, whether you move off Geno or not now, um, you're still a great team. You're still in that wild card hunt. I don't think they're in the Super Bowl mix, but they had a fantastic draft. They re-signed Geno, um, you know, they helped out the running back room by adding Charbonnet. Uh, Ken Walker's great. So, look, I think they're they're a surprise team that if things go their way, maybe they maybe they find themselves in an NFC championship. You never know. I like see I like the Seattle take. I do, and Matt, I I, I kind of know where you're going with this one. <laughs> I'm probably going to do. I'm actually <laughs> going to not be biased. Okay, I'm actually going with your team. Okay. And, and honestly, Matt, funny enough, I, that was that was my other pick. I thought the Eagles had a great draft. No, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's I don't. Draft, I, agency, it's off season. It's everything. But I acknowledge that my team made some big splashes. But if you really break it down, you know, Alan Lazard was the biggest, you know, free agency signing you got. Besides, before you get to post draft, pre draft, it was Alan Lazard. Then you get to the draft. You have a you have a, you have a fairly you have a, a good draft, but you you got a bunch of guys that you just didn't know. You didn't know Will McDonald was going to be a good pick in the middle of the first round. Everybody Absolutely. thought that was a reach yeah. kind of thing. He's got the speed. He's got the spin move. So what I'm trying to get at is that we made our impact leader in the year with Rodgers and Cook, but the 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 Eagles are a team that were just in the begin in the off season when the free agency first started. They were just losing guys, and everybody was like, "Oh, the Eagles are done." They're not going to repeat. There's they lost Hargreave. They were losing Sanders. Um, they were losing secondary guys. You know they lost Slay for a few days until they brought him back. But they were they were losing some decent pieces in that in that team. And they go they they bring Slay back. They bring Bradbury back. They go out and they have one of the best drafts that I think I've seen a GM have in recent years by getting all of the guys from Georgia. You know Keely Ringo. You get um, the Nolan Smith and the Rhino uh, Jalen Carter. Yeah, and Jalen Carter, and all of a sudden, and they they make a seventh round trade for DeAndre Swift, and all of a sudden, this team goes from looking like you know a shell of their self from last year with all those the departures to like they had the most insane draft ever, and all of a sudden, boom, they're back into contention. They're back to being favorites for the division, favorites to go back to the the uh, Super Bowl for the NFC, and it was all because of Howie. Now they're talking about a Jonathan Taylor possible addition if that were to happen. If that were to happen, that to me just tops it off as like. What team could possibly I mean, top the probably running back room as it is, man. I know how he's ballsy, but I don't think he's stupid. Well, we uh, the Jets just waved Zonovan Knight, so if you put in a claim for him, you can add him to your group. 
But um, I, I, like I got to go with the like, – That's like an Indianapolis Colts thing to do at this point. Oh, yeah. But I, I got to go with the – and a non-biased take, I really got to go with the Eagles. I mean, that that was one of the most my, massive drafts. Well, this is why we've been friends for so long. My non-biased take is the New York Jets. Listen, you solved your biggest problem, which was your fucking quarterback. You go get Aaron Rodgers. And, and hard knocks, as much as they bitched and moaned about it, it's been amazing. I am rooting for the Jets. Like, this is a great thing for them PR-wise. And they get fucking Dalvin Cook, and they have a good draft. And I'm just sitting there like, the Jets combined with everything from headlines to free agency to draft, they hit the most balance. I like Seattle's, but I wish they went and got the D-line. I like Philadelphia's, but that was kind of expected. They lost Hargrave. They lost... Epps, they lost Gardner Johnson, Sanders, <laughs> Sayamalu. I'm not like it's there's a lot of things like we're banking the Kobe and TJ Edwards, we're banking the Kobe Dean as a Pro Bowl linebacker, and Zach Cunningham can find his 2020 form. But with the Jets, they already had an amazing defense. Their offense is meh, but they went out and got an alignment in free agency. And then on top of all that. They go get one of the top five best quarterbacks of all time, talent-wise. Stats-wise, too. Titles, maybe not. But still, like, Rodgers is a top five quarterback all time, in my opinion. He's five, but he's still top five. And the Jets have – and the way the buzz around the Jets is right now is wild. Because the Jets have always been the lovable losers of the East Coast. We root for them. You can't hate on them too much. They're good people. The Jets fans are good people, but like you know, you always feel bad because they got to deal with those those losers in the blue and red, right? Now they're the talk of the town, and I was like, "Oh, the Giants are under the radar." I'm like, "Okay, let's hold up, guys." You still have Danny Dimes, the vanilla, the vanilla Vic, Mister Stumbles, Mister Stumble in the open field is your quarterback. The Jets, on the other hand, it's like I don't think y'all are scared enough about them, like. Miami is going to be fun because they can score a shit ton of points, but and they have a good pass rush. But that's all making sure that Tua's head stays screwed on right. Tyree and and Jalen Wall get hurt. Yada yada. They already lost half their defensive secondary. Right. Buffalo. Everyone's picking them to win the division. I'm looking around. I'm like, they didn't do anything over the off season. They stayed the same except for getting another tight end. Congrats. It's not really going to do anything. Like. If the Dolphins have an amazing season, Buffalo can finish in third. And the worst part, and the best, worst part about that is, is Mason's Patriots will probably finish like nine and eight or ten and seven and be in fourth place. And that's how that division is going to roll this year. But I think the Jets, it's just they had the best offseason on paper in all three facets. Just to add to your point quickly, Jared, I, I think, you know. Look, they addressed the quarterback problem, but it was more than that. And I think Jets fans pick up on that. When you add a guy like Rodgers that has experience in winning, experience in being the face of a franchise, experience in playing big games and winning them, right? Um, That gives every other player on the roster that belief that, oh, man, you know, we are capable. We can win. You know, everybody's kind of sleeping on us, overlooking us. And it's like, well, hey, we've got AR, right? Um, 
who's to say that we can't, you know, prove all these haters wrong, prove all these doubters wrong and, you know, make a run. I don't, I don't think that the Super Bowl is, is, you know, I don't think that should be the expectation, but like you're saying, Jared, there's no reason this team isn't, isn't in the mix to win the division. And if you win the AFC East, you win the best division in, in the AFC. I think we can all agree on that. So it's like, hey, you win the AFC. Why, why can't you make a deep run in the playoffs? So it add, you know, adding Aaron Rodgers is is awesome for the Jets. It's a huge move for the NFL because he goes to one of the biggest markets in the game, if not the biggest. Um, but it adds something to the Jets in a sort of off the field sense that cannot be underestimated, right? It's it's yeah. kind of similar to the move that the you know, when Brady joined the Bucks, right? You know, Brady was on his last leg of his career, but it brought professionalism, you know, that winning mentality, that mindset of, hey, we've got Tom on on the squad. Tom is man in the ship. Nothing is impossible. We can we can do anything with this guy on our team. And I think Rogers, you know, adds that to the Jets and already, you know, stacked roster right on both sides of the football. Oh, I I completely agree. And the, and the, I'm waiting for Chris's reaction to see what he says his best offseason was. Here's the crazy thing, right? So every year there's always like that one team's like, oh, do they actually like? Do they um you know is one of our teams not going to be like on here, right? I think all three of the teams we picked are going to make the playoffs. There is I I think in in uh. So Chris took birds, jets are obvious ones, but he said the bears are one we overlooked. Chris, I agree with you, but there's one issue I have. It's that who's taking the snap under center. And also they didn't fix their fucking O-line, which is why they are probably going to be my biggest flop. So we'll leave them to biggest flop. A team with big expectations who had a well, good I- offseason. Who Just to add to that Bears point real quick, Jared, until we uh, before we move on to this segment, it's like the, the thing with the Bears is like, yeah, they improved, but it's like how many how many additional wins is that going to translate to? One to two, maybe three. It's like they're still finishing last in the division. They're still terrible, and and the the jury is not out on Fields. Fields is a great runner. Um, you know, he's a dual threat, but his passing is just awful. Um, and, and it doesn't take an idiot to see that. So I think the, the Bears are still kind of dependent on whether or not Justin Fields is going to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. More than anything I one, at this point. I think one bright spot with that quarterback room, too, is that that pageant kid looked like he was looked pretty good in the preseason. So if they can't you know, strike lightning on a bottle with Justin Fields after this year, I mean, give that kid some time to play because he, he looked very good in the preseason. So it's definitely something I'd like to see him you know, in the pros, but I agree. I mean, Justin Fields is, he is, he has potential to be what Lamar is, but I, I don't know if he's going to put that together. I mean, I, I've seen progression in some senses. I've seen senses where I don't really think he's made much of a difference from the past year. I want to see him sling it. That's, that's, I right. want to see him have a game where he sits back and has and that Jalen Hurts it, versus the Tennessee Titans game where he just lets it rip the entire first half. And, and I, I think we saw who, that with Lamar. You know, we saw yeah, that rookie year. The ball. Right. Um, and, and it's and people want to hate on the passing statistics for Lamar, but it's like 
if you go and look, it's there. Um, it's 100% there. And, and, you know, that's not, we all know that's not his go-to, right? That's not his first option. His first option is his legs, but he is capable. It's still not, we're, we're still unsure whether or not Justin Fields is efficient, qualified enough to pass the ball, you know, at that level for a starting NFL. Pass 25 yards. That's my line with him, basically. Yes. Time will so, tell. My other flop, I think it happened. I mentioned Murray's Miami Dolphins because they are gambling on everything hitting correctly. Now, if they hit it correctly, they're a Super Bowl contender. But the problem is, is you got to bank that Tua stays healthy and plays correct, plays well. You got to bank that Jalen Ramsey gets back in time, and you got to hope that there's no other injuries on that defense because that is a stretched thin unit. So they're the only, they're the other team who had a big offseason where I'm kind of just like, I mean, fellas, like, <laughs> this is, there's a lot of, uh, Scotch tape and spit holding this together right now. Yeah, if I'm if I'm thinking of a flop, it's I mean it's a team that they didn't really have any sort of eye opening off season, but they made they did two big things. They traded up in the second round to get the possible quarterback of their future, and they signed the probably the hottest free agent wide receiver of this off season, and that's the Tennessee Titans. They move up for you know Mayo Man Hellman's fucking endorsement lifetime deal um will levis and they sign deandre hopkins to a multi-year deal in free agency um obviously Tannehill is probably going to be the starting quarterback for that team right now but i mean if you really put it on paper like you know you have that um Oconquo tight end you have burks and hopkins and derrick henry and Tannehill. that's not that's that's the offense that should be probably like in the 15th range if all pans out, but it's just a team where if one person goes down, if, if Hopkins goes down, if Tannehill goes down, if you have to put Malik Willis in, you have to put Will Levison too early. If you lose Derrick Henry, that is just a team that's going to flop because that's one team that does not dress the defense. They always go into the season with a weak defense and it, it just takes one player on offense for them to flop. And that Tennessee Titans would be mine. They're one injury away from it. Fair enough. Uh, I, I can't hate that. Mace, what you got? You know where I'm going with this. It's It's got to be uh, my New England Patriots. Look, this was a pivotal offseason for my guys. Um, barely missed the playoffs last year. Had the opportunity at multiple points in the season to qualify for the playoffs. Came down to the last game of the season where they gave up two kickoff returns, well, a punt return and a kickoff return, and I think lost the game by like 14 points or 10 points um, against the Bills. And I think it was very clear how the Patriots needed to upgrade the squad and where the issues were um, within the roster. And they went completely unaddressed. Um, and, And look, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Patriots were going to be in Super Bowl contention if they added DeAndre Hopkins or if they took Jackson Smith and Jacob or if they took uh, Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers. That's not putting them in the mix for the Super Bowl, but it is putting them in the mix for wild card uh, 100%. And so 
I think it was a complete flop. Your quarterback is lacking, and that's because he doesn't have adequate skill around him. And it's going to be very evident on the playing field in a couple of weeks when they are just getting outplayed because Mac has no one to throw the football to. So I, to me, that's so clear cut. There, there's nobody who had a worse kind of more underwhelming um, off season than the new England Patriots. Nah, fair enough. Listen, honestly, and I, I feel bad. <laughs> you're the, you're one of those Patriots fans who actually takes it on the shins and just 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 doesn't run away from like, oh, it's college football season. I don't care about the NFL anymore. It's like, okay, <laughs> like I'm an Eagles fan. Whether we go zero and seventeen or seventeen and zero, it doesn't fucking right, matter. Man. Yeah, you're hey, in that's, this. That's how it works with any team. Dude. I've been on a Timberwolves fan since oh since like. 2001 i suffered for 10 fucking 11 fucking yeah. years she it's like dude like that's I how mean, true fandom goes man you're with him know, through the ups you're with him through the, you know the downs man it's like I, I you know i've said multiple times on this show that it's like i can remember going to watch astros games with my dad's uh where, where there were look you know five thousand people in the ballpark you know, and, and I were back in the last three years. Right. I relate. <laughs> and, and so it, it, uh, yeah, it, it, this is how it goes, right? Like, you know, they'll be back at some point. Who knows when that is, but happens to every fan, right? Habit of being cyclical, unless you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, 5,000 people in attendance at Astro Games. That was what we call the glory days. <laughs> Matt. That was a long time ago, Matt. <laughs> that, that was when my dad had to drag me to games. When oh. when it was just like, please, yeah. dad, do not make oh. me go. They're right. not gonna. No matter how good or bad they do, they're not. It's not gonna be like that for anytime soon. They're gonna be selling that stadium out. Oh yeah. Which team is your surprise team that's gonna make the biggest leap? They're gonna go from like a four and twelve team to a like ten and seven, eleven and six. AKA Seattle. That the, who's this year? Seattle. That's gonna just make the biggest fucking like what the shit. And I'm assuming just before you go, Matt. I mean, so we can't say Detroit, right? Detroit's no, off. Detroit the... was right there. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I won't Detroit say Detroit because they were. We know what Detroit. Detroit because I, I think Detroit could win like 13, 14 games, man. I they think they could too. Their hardest game in their schedule, I believe, is an NFC AFC East team middle of the season. Don't quote me on that. I have to look at their schedule again. But they have like one hard game in the middle of the season, and then it's a bunch of like, eh. So probably lose like four games. But like we're talking about Detroit being a two seed. Hey, they'll they'll lose their opener to KC. We know that. Yeah, I mean, listen, watch watch them like do like what like the Chiefs did to New England a couple years ago and stomp them one front time. I mean, uh, Look, this I've Chris gotta... Jones was fucking real. I'm like, can we not like we gotta acknowledge that like Chris Jones, that man is that defense's motor, and he's not there. That defense is mediocre at best. I got one one team that comes to mind that last year they were. Uh, I, don't, I, I could be wrong. I want to say they're at least a seven-win team, maybe six, seven-win team. Um, over the years, they funneled through about four to five different types of quarterbacks, and they finally locked one up this year for the long term. 
I'm going with the Saints. I think the Saints will be this year's surprise team. Last year, they were just the middle of the pack. Like, we did the best we could. We had Andy Dalton throwing the ball for us. Now you have Derek Carr. You got Chris Olave. You got Michael Thomas coming back. Um, They've got Jamal Williams, who led the league in touchdowns last year as a backup running back, Um, you know, filling in until Kamara comes back. They got Kendra Miller back there. And they always have at least the top 12 defense. Um, they always have a very serviceable, solid defense that keeps them in the games. And I think they, they can be a very high-powered offense this year with a nice balance of offense and defense. And I really think the Saints are going to run away with that division down the NFC South. Um, that's going to be my team. That's going to be that. Like last year, they were in that like low-end, middle-of-the-pack team, and they're going to just bust it out this year. I think they can, they're going to take that division with ease, and we'll see what they do into the playoffs. But I, I got the Saints this year's bounce-back team or something. I'm staying in the NFC South as well, but mine's a little different because mine was a team that made the playoffs last year, but they lost everything. Uh, that'd be the Buccaneers. Like, Baker Mayfield has some dudes around him. And they can... I know your your displeasure for Todd Bowles is well-documented, Matt. Um, I kind of look at, like, they could easily win nine games and, like, punch... Because they're a lot more physical than, than what... New, New Orleans is banking that... Everything else is a dumpster fire, right? Listen, Derek Carr is going to be great. Kendra Miller is going to be awesome. That's why I picked him for our, our corner booth team, Matt. Um, but the biggest thing is that we are banking that New Orleans, their defense keeps their youth and they keep it's. I, I don't know, man. There's a lot of question marks that team there. Everyone's assuming they're going to walk right in, but Carolina is going to win some of those like, what the fuck? Cause they're young games. And then you have Tampa, who's going to do their thing. And Atlanta has a great running attack. And we really haven't seen if Desmond Ritter is bad, good, mediocre, whatever. Like, this this could turn into one of those divisions where everyone is just eating each other. A la 2020 NFC East. Mace, who's your, uh, who's your surprise team? I was going to say Pittsburgh. I don't know if you guys are going to let that fly. Can he sling it? Uh, yeah. I'm I'm saying I'm saying Najee is a bounce back year. I think he returns to the way that he was. Uh, what two seasons ago? Yeah. Uh, I think Pickett has a lot more confidence under center, and you know he knows that it's his job, and he knows that that it's going to be his job for a while, and they're going to you know figure it out with him. And I think Pickens is going to be, you know. He's going to be pretty formidable, man. Like that, that dude is tough. And it's uh, a young boy. And look, they've always got a great defense. They're always hanging around in these in division games against the Ravens, against the Browns, against against the Bengals. So you know, I don't expect them to come out here and win the division, yeah. but I think they could easily win nine or ten games. Fair. I mean, listen, like. What I saw in the pre, the, they're one of those teams. When we talk about like what's gone forward so far, like the very vague topics we're doing today. Like the Steelers were like a different offense in the preseason. I was a little I'm like, that's Pittsburgh. Oh shit! Like this is the same team who scored like seven points a game last year. Okay, um, I'm a big GP boy. I love George Pickens. Like I was kind of ticked we didn't take him last year, but then again, we went and got uh, you know AJ Brown, so it's it's okay. But um, I'm a big George Pickens guy. I think also that defense just reloaded. They didn't really lose anybody. So I also like Sam Malone in offense. I think Pittsburgh 
like we may have Cleveland finishing last place again, and they may have a record of like seven and nine or seven and ten, and it's gonna be hilarious. Like they're gonna be like the best seven and ten team you've ever seen, but it's because you have three teams that are better in that division. I like it. The Browns will go as far as Deshaun Watson will take them, and it's or the Rookies is pushing the drinks. Wait, sorry, wrong, wrong. Yeah. wrong. <laughs> Well, Wait, if, sorry, if, sorry, if, sorry. The Bill Cosby jokes caught up. I, I got him confused for a second. If uh, if this is Deshaun Watson from the last six games of last season, they're they're heading for a seven and nine at best win season. But if he can somehow get as close to possible as like twenty nineteen Deshaun Watson, then they're going to be a oh, serious force. Yeah. All right, fair enough. All right, fellas, now we are going into the final two topics today. This today was going to be obviously a little bit of a shorter show because we're kind of just like just relaxing. Um, and also, I love y'all love the light right now. Look, kind of look, I got like a campfire vibe out here right now. <laughs> just think of that, uh, whatever that old Motel 8 commercial was, where it's like, we'll leave the light on for you. And it's just a little light right behind you. I also have a light literally blasting in my face. So, like, my vision past 10 yards is shot <laughs> right now. Um, but, hey, listen, anything to get a good shot, right? All right. Now your team that's going to just fall off. The, the playoff team that you're like, wait, what happened? Like, Seattle two years ago. Um, the Cow- uh, not the Cowboys. Uh, I'd say Denver. Like just teams that like you're just it just it becomes a train wreck early and often it stays that way. May same brother, I'm running four hours of sleep right now. Yeah, uh, you I know, got an easy one if you need some time, Matt. Yeah, hit it, May. Yeah, you, you you go first. The the Vikes, man. I think they are gonna fall off a freaking cliff. Um, I. This is the reason that I didn't take. I had the number one overall pick in my league with my OU guys. And I didn't take Justin Jefferson because I feel like Kirk is going to fall off a mountain. And there's just no way that he's repeating what he did last year, a.k.a. his his best statistical year ever in his career. It was the most forgettable 13-3 and season of all time. Yes. <laughs> And their defense was awful. Their defense was like literally the worst passing defense in the league. Like one of the worst passing defenses, like I think we've seen in a while. Um, I'm talking five, 10 years, 15 years, maybe. And so the only reason that they won that division is because they were slinging it around like nobody's business. And I just think that when you're down in, in games like that, you obviously got to throw. We, we all, what game was that? Uh, where they came back from like, what was Colts. it? Like 28 Colts. down 33, nothing. Yeah. So, so there's a perfect example, right? Like, um, I, so I just think that they are going to fall off a cliff. The lions are winning that division. Um, and, and it's, you know, maybe they sneak in as a wild card team, but it's like, Exactly like you said, Jared. They're not winning 14 games next year. Uh-huh. Bring it back down to like 11 or 10 max. 12 think, if they get lucky. I, I think they could go. They can have seven wins. Because here's the problem. Honestly, when you stack up that roster, they're the worst team in that division. Because you have the Lions who are loaded 51, 53 through 
Honestly, they have the third best quarterback in the conference. So, yeah, no, I will say Jared Goff is not, like, they're the best team in that conference or division. Excuse me. And then they have Jordan, like the Packers, like Jordan loves look good in camp. And you have the Bears who have like this amazing offseason. Who's not to say like the Lions kind of run away and then the other three kind of beat, beat up on the Vikings? The other two beat up on the Vikings. Like I, they, they don't play defense. They're, what was their biggest uh, their biggest calling card? They like re-signed like a linebacker? Like shit. Like it wasn't good. Um, wait, didn't they? They brought back to Darius Smith, right? <clears throat> oh, I know. The, the, Browns, the Browns have him. Hmm. Well, yeah, no. Um, my biggest fall off uh, this year will be the Dallas Cowboys. I thought you were going to go personal and go the Niners. <laughs> They're still going to win 11 yeah, that, games. That's a good one, Jared. I, I, I like that pick a lot. I like – listen, I like the Dallas Cowboys, but the problem is, like, roster-wise, like, no, I don't like them as an actual team. There's, they didn't answer any questions. I mean, they still could have a good defense with Gillylock, but you're saying a cornerback who naturally gets burned and who's Devontae Smith's son and Drayvon Diggs – and then you have Gillylock who's going to try to cover uh, A.J. Brown. Like, it's not a great combination. And, yes, Dak has a great record against Eagles quarterbacks not named um, Nick Foles. Here's the problem. Hurts didn't play in that second game where we would have mollywopped him if he played. Anyway, I think the Colts, I mean the Cowboys, are going to still win like eight or nine games. But they are going to slide because they're going to lose a lot of close games, and we're going to hear a lot of Dak Trey chat because Dak is not going to stop throwing interceptions. That's it. That's literally what it comes down to. And they're going to miss Zeke for one situation, punching that ball in. He gave that offense a physicality that they do not have anymore. Tony Pollard. I don't fear Tony Pollard as an Eagles fan. Chris remembers this. He's fumbled like four times against Philadelphia in his career. And it's hilarious. Zeke was the one who always butchered us. So, that being said, Deuce Vaughn is shorter than me, Chris, Matt, and Mason. He weighs a buck 45. Zeke Elliott's making jokes about him leaving his baby cleats in the locker room. Yo, that's funny, but who's going to move the move the sticks? Because Tony Pollard ain't going to do it. I, I don't know. I, I I think the Cowboys made a grave mistake not trying to restructure Zeke's deal. So that was my team. So I'm going to stick with my own division, but I'm actually going to go with the Buffalo Bills. I think are going to be the fall-off team this year. Um, you look at, they lost Brian Dable, and who I think was the reason why Josh Allen became who Josh Allen has been the last handful of years. You lose Brian Dable, and then you play last season out, and I personally felt like Allen's accuracy kind of decreased slightly. His his um, turnover rate increased. Um, then they lose Leslie Frazier, steps down as defense coordinator. Um, they don't really make any major additions on defense to make up for what they lost. They bring in a tight end in the draft, and they don't really address anything on the offense. They still have the same run game as last year. They've got a disgruntled receiver in Stephon Diggs, who's you know every year contemplates that's, wanting that's out. That's yeah, yeah. but. Nevertheless, they still go into every offseason with that because they keep choking in the playoffs and then Diggs has his moments and you, I think they're one playoff choke away from 
him wanting out of Buffalo. But I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I just I, I think they're going to still be like a 10-11 win type team. They're going to compete for that division. But I don't think they're going to be the scary Buffalo Bills of years past when they had Dable um, and Josh Allen was just on another level. And I just saw a little bit of a regression in his stats last season. I think that's going to carry into this year. So I'm going to I'm going to go bold and take the Buffalo Bills as a fall off team. All right. All right. Now we're going to bring in the intern, Chris, because now we've all had our picks. We're about the last five minutes of the show. Chris, you said the Colts in the in the comments. I want to hear this explanation because the Colts were ass last year. So what's oh, going to no. be the chance? I was just answering Mason's question earlier. Oh, about okay, 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 okay. All right, so that's me misreading the comments. But is you think there any way we missed in all these topics? Any team that you think we just kind of airmailed over and didn't think about? Um. Well, I actually, I actually had the same pick as Mason for the fall off with the Vikings. I just think with the Vikings, it's kind of like, you know. It's going to depend on Kirk winning big games because, I, I mean, I know they lost a little bit of their backfield last offseason. They just lost Pat Pete. Got a good season with them. Um, but like you guys were saying, like, the Vikings m- might just win, like, seven, maybe eight games. Like, they just don't. Last year, last year everything really came down to, you know, um, like a one just – winning like on the drive and kind of like Kirk being like the hero. But I mean, yeah. watching like Kirk throughout like his career, it's kind of like, he's kind of like a middle tier quarterback. So I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of pressure is going to be on him. Um, especially since they were, I think the what third seed in the NFC last year, they hosted a playoff game. They lost to the giants. Like that's just not a good look for them. So um, yeah, I like going to be my, my big fall off. No, I fair. All right. So we're coming to the end of the show. Definitely a quicker show today, but honestly, it was a good, efficient show. Um, who has the second worst record in football? Because we all know the Cardinals are going to be number one, or at least close to it. Who is that team? Last year, it was the, um, it was the uh, Bears, right? The Bears, like nobody thought the Bears were going to have the worst record in football. Everyone thought it was going to be like Houston or, you know, Arizona or Arizona, right? Um, who is that team? Who is that team that's just going to nosedive so hard from mediocrity to ass that they're in the Caleb Williams, Drake May sweepstakes? It's got to be, in my opinion, it's got to be the Annapolis Colts. Um, and I like Anthony Richardson a lot. I just, I, I really think he is a project quarterback that really needed that year to sit out because it's 50 50. It's, it's either going to be, he gets thrown into the Wolves and he's going to succeed after this year. He's going to be like, all right, now I know what it takes to be in the NFL and I'm going to excel or he's going to crumble under the pressure. I, I think even though it was Gardner Minshew, I think he just needed to sit for that first year. You know, I, they don't have the running game right now. I don't know what's going to happen. Jonathan Taylor, if they're going to trade him or not. Um, they got Michael Pittman, but outside of Michael Pittman, who was a glorified number two wide receiver to me. They got no receiver one. They got no receiver three. Um, defense is always, always shows up and is usually a, like a, you know, a, a tough, scrappy defense. Um, I, I just don't see it this year with that team. I, I don't see how they win more than five or six games, if that. Um, so for me, it's got to be the Colts. I think that'll finish second and uh, worst record in the league. Fair enough. 
Mace, who's your, who's your uh, number two pick? Number two pick for, I'm sorry. The NFL draft. Who's picking second behind the Cardinals next year? Um, you know, remember, I think guys, it's going to be quarter- Tampa, man. I, I think it's going to be Tampa. Uh, I think they're going to be – look, you, you guys know, look, I'm a homer. I love OU. I think Mayfield is awesome for everything he did for us. But I think they are going to find out a few games through the season that he is not cut out to be a starter. And they're going to bring in Trask, and he's not going to be any better. Any better whatsoever. And they are going to be in the spot where – there is just no incentive for them to succeed right now uh, during this season. And so they are going to start to tank and they're going to make a move for Drake May. Fair enough. Fellas, apparently I'm under fire by the geese, man. <laughs> Wonder attack. All right, fellas. Uh, Chris, before Chris, you're the last one, obviously. Who do you think is going to be uh, the number two pick this year? Um... I think I'm going to go with the Commanders. I'm going to go with the Commanders because um, they had a big QB competition last year between Wentz and Heineke. And, I mean, Heineke ended up taking over because Wentz was atrocious. And they won a lot of the games because of Heineke. Um, and now they don't have them anymore. So they're kind of, you know, still trying to figure out who the QB is. I know they have Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett. But yeah. maybe Brissett comes in, wins them like – you know, three, four games. I mean, he's not terrible, but at the same time, like, I just, they yet they have a couple playmakers on offense, McLaurin, Gibson, and Brian Robinson. But, um, I mean, you're in the NFC East. The Eagles are great. The Giants had a good season last year, and the Cowboys were, you know, pretty good. But, I mean, obviously, I think the Cowboys are going to fall off a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's just going to be luck of the draw. So I, I think the commanders are just going to go downhill. Anybody else thinking that maybe the the Broncos could be it? Like, like Russ could be seriously still fucking bad, and Sean could have enough and just bench him and just take the L's and go get a top five to top three pick and maybe move up or whatever. Broncos another team like that could be sniffing around that. Um, the only one other one like pops out my head is. Um, Yo, Houston couldn't um, ten, it like map up, but like Tennessee. Like they got a quarterback last year. They could go up and get either another quarterback or if Will Levis is terrible, because they've drafted two years in a row, might as well go for three, right? Or they could go up and get one of these top defensive line guys like the kid out of Alabama or that um or Marvin Harrison Jr. So I don't know, it's gonna be interesting going forward. But gentlemen, it's been a pleasure tonight. Um, shout out to Matt Mason and intern Chris. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, Mauler Bros, official sponsor of the Corners Podcast and Blade Sports. Promo code Belly for 15% off. Uh, our f- friends over at Candidates, co- pr- promo code Belly 20 for 20% off. And SeatGeek, promo code Belly for $20 off your first purchase. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I will see you Thursday for part two of the vacation series and our corner preview. I mean, a NFL corner with preview. Sorry, I'm like falling asleep right now. We will see you guys on Thursday. Enjoy your night. If you missed the show, the live recording, the uh, audio recording will be live on. 
uh, podcast and Spotify and everything else tomorrow morning at 8. So enjoy. Folks, have a good night. And fellas, always a pleasure. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.